This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Hello, good morning, Barb. Good morning, Devin. I'm glad to be here. Yes, it is quite the morning for me. <laughs> Trina started going back to work yesterday, so I've been with a baby that's missing his mother <laughs> all, all day yesterday. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm. But we got our un unique arrangement in life over here, so that's how it goes. Mm. Oh, good stretch. Waking up. Oh. At least I enjoy talking to you. That's good. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty quiet. Really? It's all exciting over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds quiet to me. That's. I'm happy to hear it. Quietness and stillness is good. I was having a Treyu's birthday party on Monday. Uh, his, he's two on Wednesday. But uh, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> he's, he's such a big boy. I can't believe it. Two years old. Yeah. Just the beginning. <laughs> and learning how to act, rearranging the set. I was just thinking about that, about how... Oh, oh were you the one who recommended the movie Arrival? Mm. Arrivals? You know, that movie doesn't even ring a bell, so it probably wasn't. Unless you just got the name wrong or something. <laughs> what was it? What was. I think it was called The Arrival, and I thought of you that you might have 
mentioned it to watch it, recommend it, uh, due to the how it was a movie about time and just demonstrating that time doesn't really exist and that we don't know. And are you referring to passengers? Is it deep space travel? No, it's oh. about aliens that come here. Oh yeah. And they and we can't communicate with them because we don't know their language apparently. Of Are course, they like you know, on a different time scale or something. <laughs> right. Cool. They came to for a gift apparently and that and then the final one of the messages was that they came with a gift and we were about to blow them up, of course. You know, China was the first one to blow them up. And and then at the last minute, this woman had received a message from them about how they were, the weapon is the gift. Hmm. And so it was interesting how, and it was, a story about how we can all work together and not to isolate each other ourselves from each other and then that's exactly what we did is we isolated ourselves from each other and then and at the last minute before huh. China was to blow them up then we the woman who is a linguist called the she received a message in like a, another state of awareness or a dreamlike state. And all the time she's getting these messages because she made contact with them. That was just really cool. It just made me think about my own life and how I was, I guess I've asked for messages to come through dreams. And so sometimes they do, but they're always confusing. Yeah. But at the same time, if I just stick to the idea that I'm the creator of the dream, and so the dream is always about me, and that not to think that the dream is really about the people in the dream, per se, but to apply it to myself. Yeah, that they're all symbols of your mind. And what you believe about yourself at the time. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool movie. I didn't recommend it because I've never heard of it. <laughs> but it reminds me, as far as thinking of different time loops or something, is that in Star Trek Voyager, there's a time where the ship got stuck in kind of in the atmosphere or somehow in the gravitational pull of a planet mostly because it had some temporal thing going on <laughs> I'm not gonna try and sound all technical about it but for the I believe it was a short amount of time like anywhere I don't know 20 minutes it was uh, it was lifetimes for the people on the planet and as they went down and were just talking to them and 
were having a conversation with them, there was this discussion about how their whole life they worshipped this thing in the sky because their grandparents saw it come and and there was a few that just thought it was a star because it was stuck in one spot in the atmosphere and everything or in the in the sky and and so they didn't really believe that it was real and no that's just like a moon or something and it was very, very strange to see a completely different perspective. That's one thing I love about Star Trek is that they try to make it sound and make, try to understand completely different perspectives on reality. Uh, you know, we, we think that aliens are typically going to be humanoid or somehow... Uh, having a physical body or even existing in the way we do but that's only because of the way we comprehend how we are and our lives when you know beings out there could be non-corporeal beings or you know and not having anything to do with physicality at all and they they have a wholly different perspective on life and what a world is and you know to them solid objects are not sustaining in a, in the fashion where we we can use them to hold us up and we can keep us from falling out of the buildings or something but when you can walk through walls it's a totally different experience <laughs> it's a life is is defined by what we think of it as and you know, to say we're carbon-based beings and then to think of if there is a, a possibility of being any other type of base beings is just almost incomprehensible, at least when you get into the biological study of it. And, and even through our perspective, it's really hard to think about how not just a different language, but even the fact that people... I mean, what if the, <laughs> you use mouth to talk? What are you talking about? And so we think of like telepathic. Well, you, you use words, you use thoughts to talk, to think. You know, we can think of how the perspective of life could be so abstract and different. And, you know, yeah, we're so obsessed with thinking of it this specific way. And that's kind of what's difficult about... Uh, thinking in correspondence to the spiritual universe, for an example, which is just right around us, referring to dimensions. It is the, the, the very last second dimension we came from. It is the fifth dimension which we're going to. And yet we still have a difficulty of comprehending what it means for love to be all-encompassing. Hmm. Well, is yes, it is, and because it's not what we created it, and we didn't actually. It's like we created because we aren't the first source, and isn't that why we call God the Father? Is we need to have uh, a likening. To ourselves 
in order to have some comprehension or some connection. Yeah. It's, it's hard to be in a physical body and not think of ourselves as a physical body when it seems so concrete. Yeah. Right. I mean, you literally have to change the way of your thinking to look at the eternal when everything is showing you and saying how there is only physical and there is only change and there is only death. You know, it, it's like you, you have to think completely differently in order to actually recognize that. Like proper perception is not just between positive and negative thoughts. You know, it's, it's a whole different system of thinking. It's not so much just choosing your good thoughts over your bad thoughts, which is a noble step and helpful, but it is still reliant on physical perception, which is improper perception in the first place. Right, it's not... We have to give up thinking the way that I have habitually thought and even mostly thinking about myself or yeah. ask. That's why the Course in Miracles is so beneficial is it helps me to get out of that space of thinking that I know the authority problem, you know, mm. and ask all things, what is it for? And yeah. that changes and collapses time. And so then I can just see all the events, just like in this movie, The Arrival, I think it was called, uh, that it, it, there is no time. And it, yeah. and it spoke to this one woman who made the connection to, who finally made the connection. Even to uh, think of that movie, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but you're saying even the weapon is the gift, and I don't know if they're actually giving them, like, they want the, the bombs or something, or to actually be attacked. Like, it might be, as far as my understanding of what you described, that it almost sounds like they have a totally different perception on reality where to be attacked is not a bad thing. Uh, but it's actually a, a good thing or somehow a gift that they received. And, you know, perhaps it's their gift is to the planet of having a common enemy that really could bring us all together, that we're all like, you know, even though it's not the best way to do it, uh, it's more out of fear and anger, but that's, you know, even as to think of the Nazis and everything, as they had a common enemy in their minds even though it was hideous and not I don't agree of course but to see what they achieved that they were literally years from world domination uh, just because they had agreed on what was right and what was wrong in that fashion of having a, a common agreeing enemy and agreeing goal and things like that even though it's definitely not the way to do it, uh, it, it still brought them together. It's the same sense of, of having uh, an, 
a common enemy of an alien species, even though the enemy aspect is just within our minds, it would bring us together in the fashion that, you know, we're all in this together. And, you know, with our thought system and the mind and the, this ego idea, it really is like, even though it is a, a common enemy among us, that it does what it is, is quite literally to isolate us and it keeps us separate so that we don't recognize it and don't join together because in that, through that joining together, we could actually recognize that it is the actual quote-unquote enemy and can we can actually achieve something by two or more gather and that Christ is there uh, and to be willing to do that. Uh, so, so really, it's you know we're it's here and ready, but uh, not enough of us you know actually believe that's an alien in the sky to bring us together. You know, they, not all of us believe or recognize that this the joint enemy that we all have, the collective enemy that we all have, is within us. Hmm. Right. We think of ourselves as. Well, no, it's yours that's the enemy, not mine, you know. <laughs> and so we think of it as a different thing than the same one thing being, you know, existence in all of our minds as as this idea that physicality is your reality and death is is what is real and it's going to happen and it better happen to that guy before you. <laughs> he deserves it. just we can't prepare I can't prepare I can't the only thing I have to remember is God the father that is safe and my refuge Yeah. When you recognize that and you recognize the eternal experience of who you are, you know, it's not so much that this is a scary place anymore. It's not so much that it seems to be a problem that really needs to be fixed or even a place we need to escape because we're eternal beings and the power that we have is, is far vast. Uh, quite literally to to blink our eyes and change universes and just absolutely remarkable it it simply comes with a a sense of peace from sheer confidence and just knowing who we are and what is possible uh, to to be afraid of such silly little things like death is it, it, it's almost incomprehensible uh, to this mind that <laughs> the, the eternal it, it, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> the attraction of death well, I suppose it's why 
Well, I don't know about the why is the lie, right? <laughs> don't ask why. Just accept. Mm. Accept it. And the script is written, so well, that's... probably over and over again, it's the same script. It's just a different backdrop. I was thinking about how, even in movies, how we we make the special effects and and that is real too it's it's made to deceive but it's a real deception and just like life it's made to deceive we are everything and nothing at all so we can create a backdrop and who knows when you said I remember you talking about how we we wrote in certain aspects of this journey. Uh, You know, like we wrote in that this was going to happen or this has happened, even though in our experience and this lifetime and the limited however many years it is that I'll be here, that I I assume a lot. I assume that, you know, there was World War II and that there was that, but that was somebody else's experience. And I assume, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I accept that I think that we all collectively think that that happened. Yeah. And I was, I was brought into that reality from who knows <clears throat> what reality perfect peace <sighs> to overcome trauma of war or yeah I find of it. even of even what the trauma that your baby's going through now of Mm. having you know his mommy missing his mother oh what's going to happen that is that's creating a trauma within that the heart and mind of that child and it's not to say that it's bad or good it's just what it is yeah it's like literally based his personality it's it's building a direction in his life of how he's going to make some decisions and you know Eventually, I'm sure he'll realize that it's not the best thing to act from, you know, with the fear of it and all that it could happen again. And so I need to be careful. But, well, he was once she got home, he was sure clinging on to her. And, you know, he's he's like eight weeks old. (laughs) I mean, he's he's a tiny little guy and. It's a beautiful thing. I'm like, I, I I feel like I don't remember missing my mom or even being separate from my mom until I was a good three, four years old <laughs> or something. Uh, and it was just for a date night with my parents. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's crazy to think what's happening there. And, you know, it, it's funny that you said that the why is the lie and I think about uh, while some things might be more obviously the lie than others it does get pretty intense 
to to recognize that when you really are getting down into it, it's almost that nothing is or revealing the truth at all, and that everything is somewhat of a lie. And the fact that we're even talking about this spiritual stuff or whatever is that also is is now be, became and become a lie. And so it's almost used as a sense of trickery as well. And and you get like backed up into a corner and that nothing exists. And and you you can you have a choice of pretty much going insane and thinking how oh you can't, don't react to that it's not real it's a lie don't respond to that it's not real it's a lie and you're just like completely backed up into a corner and and curled up in a ball thinking how it's not real and it's, it's a lie and then that choice is either to be completely crippled by it and held down by it or to recognize what it means when something is a lie when something isn't real, when it is, in fact, an illusion, then you have uh, nothing to worry about. And when you recognize that the other option of when something's telling you that it's not real, it doesn't exist, is to find strength there. You know, that you, even as your dreams, you're mentioning that we think even as the meaning we give it and the purpose we give as if we're trying to receive messages and things like that, that we can find it. We can most definitely find it. But can we recognize the authority of the entire dream? That it is all an illusion. So what are you going to do? What are you going to be? And you can find that strength to do and be anything you want because you know in a way it doesn't matter and it's it's not real it's a, a battleground that you don't have to worry about death still but you're gonna feel like you do you know as much as being in a virtual game you you might be like oh dang i just died oh that was you know it's not really as if you're actually suffering from it any more than accepting that it just happens you know oh it happened Oh, I died. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it's freeing, right? Mm -hmm. It's freeing. We don't have to... It's a release from the body and all that goes along with it. All that baggage put yeah. into a coffin and into the ground are gone up in smoke. And then all we have left are the ashes. It's definitely given, given me a new capability of, you know, I used to have this anger issue and, and I'd easily get angry of things and, you know, just to see that, you know, it's all in my mind even as I'm sitting there with the baby and he's just crying and crying and it's not unusual I and mean, he's been doing it. He's been very colic, they call it, and un uncomfortable and and he, he cries a lot and and then it's just it, it was worse yesterday and, and today she works again and so we'll see what happens but to be able to not just 
lack of better words, separate myself or detach from the actual situation, like being so invested in it, like I really have to fix him. I mean, I, I continue to try to help him out of it and and try to comfort him and try and try and try. And, you know, it's as much as it doesn't go anywhere, I could see the option available of getting very frustrated, very upset, and just, you know, putting him down and running into the other room and doing something uh, for release or some sort, or, and just letting him scream in there. And as much as, you know, they, they suggest that, uh, but I'm doing that exact same thing in my mind by recognizing that the body can continue to help and support and do whatever it sees and can do while I can just be behind all things, beyond all things and above the battleground of, of this seeming war against uh, happiness and sadness. There's a good book about children and trauma. It's called Trauma Through the Eyes of a Child. And I'm reading that book uh, to undo. I think that's what I've come to realize. It's a process of undoing and just how to do for children and to go and it goes through steps and exercises of how to um, talk to the child in a way that will help it to understand what's going on you know and and to and to not assume I think putting the idea of leaving a child alone to cry is so that it will self-soothe Right, it will come yeah. to rely on itself, which it will eventually have to do. Yeah, the separation. But we have an attachment style at first. Yeah, and really, when you think about it, you're just attaching to yourself when we attach to our children. Yeah. D- what is that saying in the course about how we are we're not the first source the father made the child but he is not the child and the child is not it it's just the source of the child yeah, I don't I don't know about <laughs> can't, it has can't something think of that one. <laughs> to do with well sounds good though yeah I mean it, it's true letting him find his own his own little space and and helping himself out I mean, it's it's like impossible for me to do some things you know trying to communicate with him and everything as much as I talk to him and try and get his attention and some some things help sometimes, you know, at the same time. Uh, you know, what what am I to do? What am I to do? And <laughs> it, it's just kind of by following that guidance and 
as I have let him cry, you know, a little bit here and there, and especially when we're driving somewhere, he just, he cries back there sometimes and hyperventilating himself and finally passes out. <laughs> and recognizing that, yeah, he does calm down by himself. He, we, I did say one time, I'm like, is this working for you? Are you getting what you want? <laughs> and and he, he kind of, I don't know if he understood really or not, but he, he kind of quieted down for a minute. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not really working. I'm not really getting it. But, uh, you know, as, as much as it's a time restraint, as, you know, it's going to happen over time, he's going to, he's learning, he's, he is calming down, uh, becoming more coherent and aware of the world, and, but just life, you know, being born is very traumatic, and, and just coming into this world, like, I feel like that's part of it, is that he's just very aware now of of the pain of being alive and that this body even though we get a, we get used to it pretty quick it 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 quite literally is constant pain and the sensations of anything feeling anything it's all some sort of definition to pain that this difference between smooth and rough is is little ripples of pain to describe it and and that the whole consist all like everything that we see and and describe and and it is all not you know just out of the fear of death possibly coming or happening but that it is the dead that we are quite literally moving and living in the dead and i feel like he's He's mostly, as he's screaming, he's like, what the crap did I do? Why am I here? Why did you bring me here, you sickos? <laughs> he was sent. Yeah. You know, you asked and you yeah. received. And, and so did he. Yeah. I asked and I received to be here. And yeah. I'll do it again. with a different backdrop, possibly. Or maybe I've already seen the backdrop in my dreams. And I'm uh, creating the next ooh. backdrop. <laughs> I had a feeling the movie Dreams that it may come would come up <laughs> today. I thought about it. <laughs> and it's, you know, as much as we make it somewhat obvious that, like in that version in that movie, you've seen it, right? What dreams what? may come? Mm, maybe. With Robin Williams. Oh, yes. Okay. And, and he's married to the painter wife. Yeah. And, she, and they paint canvases. and. Yeah, and then his heaven represents and is in the canvas and or in the painting. It's, just, it's a beautiful movie <laughs> as far as artistry and everything. It's it's very nice, wonderful, and I love the story. Just the the fact that you know we make heaven into whatever we are comfortable and want to see it as, and as much as we want to, and as much as it's described in that, to be a, a, a an obvious thing happening where, oh, he's actually in paint and oh, he can fly and all this stuff, like we're doing that right now. Like we're making heaven into 
what we're doing right now, this, what we have as a physical life, and as much as we want to say there's other people and everything, we're, we're kind of shaping and conforming heaven into this physical world as we've already, you know, described it. And because of that fear of what we've made it out to be, we, we, we don't want to know, you know, no, no, don't tell me about who's <laughs> God. You know, don't tell me about any of you know, what's there's aliens or there's angels or there's any the spiritual existence. No, I don't want to know. I want it like this. And so we, even as much as we hear it and play with it, talk about it, philosophy about it, we, if if one walks and comes down and ascends from the heavens right in front of our face, we don't see it because we want to see a world in this fashion, you know. We want to see a world that that's not true. And that would that would change everything. Like, it's about this paradigm, and I don't want to expand into another way of living, another way of thinking. That would That would be upsetting. So you have to actually have that willingness, and that's where responsibility of salvation and everything is up to us, is that if you do want to see and experience greater things or different things, it's you that have to do the change. It's you that has to figure out how to think and believe completely differently and experience your reality comes naturally from that. And I ask for help in that so that yeah. I don't uh, miss the opportunity to to have the understanding that my inside seer, the inside knower, knows already. And like it's mm -hmm. it's there already. The creation has already happened. It's within me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to recreate anything because it's already happened. It's already in me. Yeah. And I will be given the opportunity over and over and over again just as I've seen in my relationships, yeah. you know, and until I finally get, okay, so this is karmic. No more where I go into the car, car store and they create an atmosphere of, you know, they try and sell you this. It's a seduction into me believing I'm something maybe I'm not. And same with going into a store. When I was listening to you talk, I was just thinking about that's the same thing we do when we go into a store to buy something, clothing, say. And they create an atmosphere to where mm -hmm. you'll, you know, have a feeling about this piece of clothing or what the clothing is going to make you yeah. look like it's a seduction of my outside self when inside self is perfectly fine naked <laughs> yeah yeah and we make it you know and enjoyable we like to we like to be seducted you know 
we we enjoy that. I mean, we wanted that feeling. So we're almost happy that something is making us feel that way. And it's kind of a playing off of that and a completing of that. And it does become aware of my mind as much as time and and our existence of this thing that a lot of people call level confusion, uh, but it's referring to quite literally the dimensions of our experience and that the levels of different perceptions require an ask of different rules and different laws and, and even as you're saying things about how it's written and yet you're able to talk about as if it's coming or happening you know, these are different perspectives of dimensions that according to one that sees all time, uh, it is written out. But according to the one that is in time, it's it's decisions and you're actually uh, creating your destiny, as they say. And, and it almost feels as if you could miss opportunities as well. And then they might come up again and you can you can eventually take it. And, and you see, oh, my, I, I could have died here, or, but then I, I was saved, and now I lived 20 more years as if that wasn't already going to happen, you know. It's, yeah, that we could possibly avoid something. That's why, you know, not to have any regrets. Yeah. And to recognize that it's always a choice. It's always a choice. So, and we all have the same opportunities. Definitely. So it's a tricky experience as far as attempting to actually see from an alternate perspective. Because you're at the same time seeing then two worlds at once. One seems to be having decisions and choice and it's all about good and bad, positive and negative. At the same time as, you know, all love is all there is. It's all encompassing. And so we have this weird, weird thing going on where we want to say there's love and there's an opposite or a lack of or, or something that still doesn't exist. And, and then also not understand that know that something that doesn't exist doesn't exist and so, <laughs> so you can't be afraid of it you can't avoid it you can't try to get in it you can't do anything about it it's not there and so it, it gets really like mind altering and to actually have spiritual experiences not just uh, bodily sensations that we like to define as spiritual but like to actually recognize and see the spiritual nature of the universe is a wholly different, I mean, a completely mind-altering experience where you took the position of, of literally flipping your mind upside down and backwards to see a wholly different experience and, and to recognize a wholly different world and, and how it has happened and lived in your life and what you've been doing and and it, it does nothing but aha 
you're, I mean, you're just bl mind blowing. Hmm. Well, and, and it happens in a second. For instance, when I ask for help or I ask to see it another way, that's such a handy tool. Mm -hmm. And I recognize, for instance, with my child, my child teaches me that maybe I'm uncomfortable at this situation because they're uncomfortable and I don't like it that they're uncomfortable, but there's, it brings me to the present moment so quickly. Yeah. And that's the, the alternate sense of reality to me is to be able to bring myself center into recognizing, yes, this may be uncomfortable, but this too will pass. It will pass. And to seize the opportunity to be in that uncomfortable place and it makes it helps me to grow stronger and to recognize that it isn't real that that uncomfortable place isn't necessarily real and that brings me to the alternative reality and it helps I don't go alone because I have my child with me or for instance uh, it I also am joined for it for instance, when my father was dying and to be, to don't avoid it, don't resist, just be there with him. And it was so funny how I'm thinking of a friend who called me when I was with my father, just sitting by his bedside. And then she was helping me through it. She's like, oh, just rub his head and hold his hand and, you know, whisper sweet nothings to him even though he was a cause of some of the great trauma in my life. And then all of that is forgiven, and it makes sense. It just makes sense, and it was all past. So it's, it's, it's helpful to me, to, and it, it happens in an instant to be in, that, to be in that alternate space when I ask, what is this for? Help me to, to be present just even to ask to help yeah. with the presence of it and to be somewhat aware of their perspective and and you know what do they want what do they need what can yeah. help yeah and i mean just to recognize a wholly different perspective by you know even my child screaming and everything what what does he want you know and just to be in his shoes, to be in his feet, whatever, <laughs> and actually experience, you know, that desire, that longing for what it is that he wants and being able to recognize that and, you know, just to have that different perspective, it can complete the situation. Uh, it's, it's a little easier when they can speak English, you know, and can actually ask for something. But even dealing with a Treyu, and he, he's still, when he gets emotional or upset, you know, his his language isn't very good still. And so he, even if he's asking for something, it doesn't really make sense anymore. <laughs> and it's, you know, I'm, I'm holding the crying baby at the same time, and and he's begging for something. And, and as much as I can try and give him options of what he wants, you know, it, it really is comes down to that presence and being aware of that love that is all-encompassing 
and to actually bring it into that moment. And it changes as far from me, just changes how I am responding and reacting. As it, it, if I took it personally and thought, even how a tray you should know better. And he's, I need you to be the big boy, I say. And thinking that he can actually, you know, be anything less than love as if he's doing it on purpose or something. It's just <laughs> like silly. And like I see that option available, but at the same time, you know, I'm sitting there trying and being as much as I, I can't really define it. I don't really know for sure. Just being present in a wholly new experience that I've never done anything like this before. And so it's like this opportunity for my being to take that whole new, you know, challenge <laughs> it's like a, a challenge f as much as any war could be, I think. Any, you know, a kung fu movie and everything. This is this is a real in the battlefield kung fu movie uh, of the mind. And it's pretty intense that, you know, you want to you want to throw the child across the room and and everything at the same time. Uh, you know, your mind's just telling you all these options. Hey, you gotta give it to grandma, get it out of there, you know? And <laughs> and it's mostly because, you know, I want him to be happy. I want them to be happy. And, you know, so it's like frustrating that I my hands are tied and, and the baby's just upset and crying and, you know... Isn't that just what God does with us? Isn't aren't we doing the yeah. same thing that God does with us? Yeah. When I think, when I hear you talking about, wow, that's what God does with us. We're the screaming children, and His hands are tied, and we need it to be comforted, and we want a gentle God, and we have all those things. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It is. And even though it's a physical representation, it, it definitely does help thinking metaphorically or symbolically of, of that, that, you know, to see him screaming. And I feel like it, this is somewhat of what I've been doing is that, you know, I'm just sitting there loving him. I'm singing to him. I'm trying to help trying to comfort him but he's in his little world you know it's the end of this little world <laughs> you gotta you know why aren't you helping me uh, why aren't you understanding what I need you know I've been asking I've been begging I've been screaming and and you should just simply give me the solution and <laughs> it would be solved and yet I can't comprehend that solution as much as I want to I, I can't seem to you know, figure out what would help or anything, because it's really an illusionary world in his mind, thinking that it, you know, as as little as he has known, you know, was the reality, and that, you know, mommy was always there, and so, you know, it seems like we can find find a solution, and yet it it's almost impossible, and for us. As far as like we, we beg for God and to help in our lives and 
And that's why it really does come down to to seeing this differently. Because, you know, as much as we want to insist that we know how and what is best for us, and God, come on, just do this. Change this physical thing uh, for me. Yes, and change this person for me. And he's like, I don't understand what you want. You're talking about opposition. You're talking about pain. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And and even <laughs> and through his eternal perspective and our little little vocal fluctuations and way we do it, I'm sure it sounds somewhat like screaming or something. <laughs> to his divine perspective, it's just like and it's like, oh wow, I'm supposed to. I, I want you to be happy. I need to figure out a way to communicate to you because it's completely alien to an alternate dimensional perspective. And and look at the effect it has on me. Okay, so if I if someone is screaming at me in Russian, <laughs> I don't know Russian. Yeah. It's not. I'm I'm going to not be affected by that as much because. I don't understand. Well, he's still screaming so I can at you. Yeah. <laughs> I can tolerate, you know, I can tolerate that. I don't take it personally, per se. Yeah. And so that's why I'm able to be around people who scream in Russian because <laughs> it has no effect on me. So if we can just, and it will pass, it will pass. This experience, like we're so, we we're so able to shift out of things, you know, yeah. situations, experiences in our mind. It's all in our mind, and we can shift out of it. Yeah. And it takes practice and great willingness. But yeah, when that's, we can that's it. rely on spirit, it's, we're able to do it, and we get good at it. Yeah, we just have to recognize that what we think is real is, is not quite real. And it's not just intellectually like that, like, but to be able to expand our consciousness in a way that then we can train to go that way, train to think that way. And it is kind of, you know, we hear this whole thing about happiness, but how can you have happiness when... And these oppositions in the world are so opposing and against me. And, and it, it seems very difficult, but it does come into that congealing into a wholly different perspective on reality. Like I, I hearing my sister yesterday, like she's very conscious and content most of the time. And then you bring up certain subjects, or even she did, and and she all of a sudden becomes a whole different vicious being, that you know, in this defense against what she, what she's feeling and and everything, and and it it's difficult when you do see and react to these traumas that really are not there at all, and, and as easy as that is recognizable in our experience. It becomes a, you know, you, you. It's almost hard to see until you find the realization that, you know, that that trauma happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 
uh, what, what, why is this still being reacted to? Why are you still using it as your response system, you know? In, because because we want to solve it, but we don't really know how to solve it. The way to solve it is to go within and find the yeah. core self, the self that is has never been affected. Well, and that reaction is like, hey, hey, that's a tender spot. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And not recognizing not that exactly what you're talking about is possible. Like we think we have this tender spot this little open wound and even just talking about it and exposing it and freely, honestly being in this forgiveness process about it, it can be healed. You know, we can release it. We can let it go. We can have no issue with it anymore. Instead, we put up these defenses like, Hey, don't go there. Don't go there. I'm not going to, you know, and then he did it, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's more like, you know, like a, a hurt dog as much as you can help the dog it's just gonna bite your face off if you try and go and touch it and 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 put a band-aid on it and clean up its wound and stuff as much as that could help it's it's you know until it realizes that that's actually what is going on uh it, it has to endure that pain you have to get into that pain in order to open up that door for that healing, but that, mm. so it takes that willingness to mm-hmm. to get to get there. Yeah. And we need help because we can't do it. We didn't create it on our own. Yeah, we can't reach that cut. You know, it's on our back in the middle there. It's you know, <laughs> it's hard to get to. Yeah, we have to get out of ourselves and be reassured, just like we are doing with our children, just reassuring them. And and the beauty of it is, is as we teach another or as, as we reach to them or as we do anything to another, we're doing it with ourselves and for ourselves. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Giving and receiving are one. Mm-hmm. How about you close us up there, Barb? Okay. Close our wounds. (laughs) What? I have one minute. All right. Uh, Just Father, Mother, God. Let us, let us quiet our minds and hearts and trust in the forgiveness and the love. Let us rest in God's love, in His love, in our Father's love, in our Mother's love, in our self-love, our holy self-love, and protect our rest by loving. Mm. And we don't know what that is, but we trust that you'll guide us through it and teach us what we are in truth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Barb, for this time every week. Very much appreciate it. Me too. And I look forward to our time next week. They seem to go by pretty quick, so blink of an eye. See you again. (laughs) Okay. Good day. Bye.